Would you agree with me that vision is important? Yes. yes. Uh, I stand up here today. Uh, I don't wear glasses because I had LASIK surgery. And I know for those of you, raise your hand proudly, you glasses people. Those of you, listen, glasses are cool. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. But we had the opportunity to get LASIK surgery. And now I can see things clearly. And it is it's so incredible to be able to have vision, right? Um, imagine the difficulty of going through your everyday life, not being able to see where you're going. Be blind. Be tough, wouldn't it? That's an understatement. See, uh, when, this, when we have this sermon series C, I want to let you know that we're not talking about physical vision today, okay? It's, it's not about uh, seeing with your eyeballs. We're talking about a spiritual Vision, the ability to view life through the lens of Scripture, to, to see life God's way, looking at life God's way. Some of you in here today are experiencing financial difficulty. Uh, you just have money fights, money problems, money issues. There's not enough money when you get to the end of the month, right? It's, it's difficult. We have these financial difficulties. Some of us in here are experiencing relational turmoil. We, we have drama between those that we love and we care about. We just can't seem to make things work uh, in the relationships that mean most to us. We have anger and greed and selfishness that are showing up in our relationships some of us experience sin habits, we problems, addictions, things that we just can't get over, right? We just have trouble uh, in our life. Many of you uh, may be facing emotional stress, anxiety, just trouble in what's going on in your life. And here's the point of the message, and here's what I want to explain to you today as we go through this series C, is that the reason that you're experiencing life in this way Maybe because you're not looking at your circumstances and handling your circumstances the way that God sees your circumstances. Maybe it is that you need to get a fresh perspective on your problems. See, for the Christian, uh, God's word becomes this new set of lenses. It's, it's like LASIK surgery. It's like giving sight to the blind spiritually. When you look at the world, your problems, uh, the way that God wants you to look at your problems. So I want you to open your Bibles. We're going to be in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is where we're going to start off today. <clears throat> Do you you ever uh, feel like your problems are just too big to handle sometimes? Like they're just in your face, they're not going away, they're just too big. It's just over. Anyone ever feel overwhelmed? Uh, I want to say, like, from the last two years, I think overwhelmed, they, you know, they give a word to the year. Sometimes it's overwhelmed, would be a good definition. We all have so much situations, COVID this and news and finances and life, and our problems are just big. They're overwhelming. Uh, and, and if you ever just get in a circumstance and you feel a sense of being lost, not know where to turn, you don't know like, what next step do I take here? I, I just don't see a way out. You ever felt that? We're talking about seeing life God's way. And today I want to give you a little bit of hope. Would that be all right? Does that sound good? 
Listen, uh, you came today, uh, and if you're watching and you're not in Columbus, Ohio, it is nasty outside in Columbus, Ohio. It's an ugly day. It's raining, and it's cold, and it looks bad. But I want to tell you in here for just a little bit of time, we're going we're gonna to have some good news, okay? Some hope with our circumstances. Uh, here's, here's the hope I want to give you, is that God has created a place that you can go, that no matter your circumstances, you go to this place, you can find complete safety and peace and hope. There's a place that we can go to gain a new perspective on our life. Um, in, in the Bible, you know that story of David and Goliath? You, how many, raise your hand if you've heard David and Goliath. Uh, if you're new to church, you haven't heard David and Goliath. Maybe you've just heard, heard those names. The idea is there's this little boy, this teenage boy, young man, whatever. He's young, he's small, but he goes up to face this giant that the whole army was afraid to fight. And he goes into this, and I've asked myself, how does a boy face such a, a giant with such great confidence? How does somebody go into a circumstance that's overwhelming and have peace and feel, it just seems like some people can go into a, a problem and have such sure footing. You know, we feel lost and we feel uh, like, we're, well, like we can't see where we're going, yet some people like David, he gets in here and he overcomes his fear. I, I'm wondering, is there a secret? Is there some piece of information that David knew that we need to know as well? Uh, you've, you've heard the story of Elijah. Uh, there was this prophet, Elijah, and uh, he had this, basically a battle of the gods, right? This uh, Mount Carmel, where he had his one true God all by himself. He was up there, and uh, they were going to see between him and 850 of these false prophets who could call down fire from their God from heaven, whose God would answer by fire. And it just seemed to me, one versus 850. That's pretty overwhelming. How can Elijah step into a situation like that with such confidence? Just to be able to solve his problem with simplicity in prayer. He, he prayed to God a very short prayer and God answered fire from heaven. What did he know that we didn't know? And I, I ask myself this because I, I face difficulty just like you do. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times we, we come to church and maybe you're watching online and you feel like um, when you think of your problem, you are the only one with your problem. I've got to tell you this. I have been uh, one of the pastors here at this church for a little over six years now. And one thing that I have con concluded is that every single one of you have major issues. All right. Listen, and so do I. Can we just join the club today? We all have major issues. Nobody, you are among friends today, okay? You are here among uh, people that are just like you. You come here and you've got your issues. And do you know why we have our issues? Because we're human. This is the human condition. This is life. Life is problems that are too big to handle. But I ask myself, is there a better way to face our issues than, the way, than being overwhelmed, constantly fearful, it, it, are we simply weak Christians when it comes to difficulty? Here's what I know and what I want to show you today is that Christians should, and I say should because we all come here knowing that we don't measure up and thank God that Jesus measures up and we're, we can't, but we know that God is able. We all come here weak. 
I say Christians should handle circumstances better than the world. We should. And I just want you to think about how you handle your problems today. And we're going to look at Psalm 18 and, and evaluate this. And I, I'm curious, when you face something bad, when something bad happens to you, circumstances, does your whole world crumble every time? Do you, do you react with grief and despair? And I really believe that God does not, does not want you to be constantly overwhelmed, constantly grieved, constantly defeated. And I just want to share some hope with you today that you can find victory over your circumstances by seeing things the way God sees them. All right? Let's go there. Uh, let's let's uh, pray, and we're going to read Psalm 18. Let's pray together. God, I come to you, and we're just asking for some help today. God, I pray for everybody here because I know they have issues, and I know I have issues. And God, we have problems that seem so big in our lives. And I pray that today, whoever is listening, watching online, whoever is listening here in the auditorium, that you would help them to find hope, a place of safety and peace in you in their difficulty. God, help me to speak. I pray you open your word. Help us to understand it. Help us to take something home with us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us a message today that is helpful. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in this series called See. Today's title of the message is called The View from the Top. The View from the Top. Uh, what was David's secret as he fought Goliath? How could he have sure footing, confident peace in the face of his difficulty? Let's read in Psalm 18. And I think this gives us some insight as to his mindset and perspective. In Psalm 18, I'm going to read all the, all the pieces and parts above the verses as well. Uh, in my Bible, Psalm 18 says, a call for God's deliverance. I like that word deliverance. Sometimes we're just saying to God, get me out of this, right? Deliver me. I need out of this problem. Please, God, help me. This is a, uh, he's praying to God for deliverance. My Bible says, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song, in the day the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God. My strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When it comes to seeing life God's way, one of the most important things that you can understand as a Christian is that God himself desires to be for you a high tower. Uh, he, he's called here our strength, a fortress, one that we trust, our salvation, our deliverer. God wants to be a refuge for you in your problems, a place to run when you're in trouble. And in that high tower... If you can figure out how to get there, and I hope to explain to you today, you can find a place of 
inner safety and hope of peace, of that sure footing, that confidence, and you can look at your problems the way that God sees your problems. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we had the opportunity to travel to New York City. New York, New York, right? How many of you like New York City? It's fun. It's big. The buildings are everywhere. The lights are everywhere. There's all this activity. Raise your hand if you've been to New York. So I know, okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. All right, good. Uh, New York City, so I, I really wanted to go in New York City to see um, what it was like where the World Trade Center attacks happened. I, I remember when I was in seventh grade, um, I was sitting in a class, like a computer class in seventh grade. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, he is young. Thank you. I am young still, okay? Um, I feel old talking about seventh grade, but y'all are looking at the older folks here like, he's a kid. Good. I'm glad you can still feel that way about me. Um, sitting in seventh grade, watching the TV, and seeing these, this tragedy of the World Trade Center towers. Fast forward to just uh, a couple years ago, we are in New York City, and um, they have replaced what was there with one uh, massive tower. This tower, when it was built, was known as the Freedom Tower, now called One World Trade Center. Uh, Freedom Tower is the tallest building in the United States. It is 1,776 feet tall, and that is significant. That is in honor of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Pretty cool. We went there. I want to show you a picture of what it looked like while we were at this Freedom Tower. So when we got to Freedom Tower, we were in the city, um, it was, there was like this dense fog over the whole city. It was kind of rainy. Uh, a lot of people out and about, and we were there. There's me and my wife with our cool winter hats on, because we were freezing. And uh, we were there, and, and this is what we saw, this, this fog. And the tallest tower in the world, when we looked up at it, we couldn't see the top. All we saw was fog. <clears throat> when you're in the middle of your life, in the middle of your circumstances, it's a lot like this picture. It's foggy down here. Down here in the city, down here at the bottom of Freedom Tower, we're eye level with all the people, right? And with all the people come all the problems, comes all the commotion, comes all the stress and everything that we get overwhelmed with, all the difficulties that we face, it's down here that our circumstances are right in our face. They're so big. Down there in New York City, you see all of the buildings and all the roads, and they all seem to run together, and there's people everywhere, and they're all going different directions. And the truth is, it's like they say, it's hard to see the forest because of the trees. There's so much activity, so much uh, circumstance that we can't see really the big picture. When you get bad news, when your relationship is facing a rough patch, when you can't pay your bills, down here we feel despair. We feel discouragement. We feel stress and anxiety. We feel overwhelmed. We see our problem right in front of us and then beyond that problem is another problem and another problem and another problem with no end in sight. Down here, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get hopeless down here. But here's what I want to tell you today, and here's the good news. 
is that God doesn't leave you down here. Do you understand your life doesn't have to be lived down here? You don't have to be down here in discouragement and down here in despair. And what we need is a change of position. Can you say change of position? Change of position. We need to go from down here all the way. I'm still going. It may take some time to get where you need to go. Hopefully I don't trip back here. We need to go from down here to up here. Can you say we need a change of position? Listen, up here is the strong tower. You've got to get from where you are down there with all the discouragement and where the problems are so big. And you've got to run to the refuge. You understand, the Bible says that God is a high tower. He's not down where you're at. He's not down where the problems are big. He's not down where everything seems overwhelming. What happens when you get up in the tower? You know, it's, uh, it's kind of big up here. There's, uh, there's no water in this. And so if I step one more step, I'll fall in a hole, okay? Uh, this is our baptistry up here. Up here, though, you know what you get? You get a change of perspective. When you run to the high tower of Jesus Christ... He changes your perspective. And that's what we need is a change of perspective. I can see now all of the people in the balcony. How's it going up there, guys? You thought you could hide from me. I see you, right? Listen, uh, up in the balcony, if you don't know from down there, if you've never been up there, uh, there's this beautiful, luscious, old red carpeting from like years ago that we can't wait to change out. And you, but when you're up here, you see everything different. Those of you that look scary down there, were staring at me and scowling at me, you look great up here. I can't see your faces. It's just different. It's just different. And what happens is you get up here and you get to experience this change of perspective. I want to show you some photos. Down below Freedom Tower, it's foggy. But when you get at the top of Freedom Tower, the view is great. When you're up at the top of Freedom Tower, things look different. A perspective is simply a point of view. Changing your point of view from the way you see things to the way that God sees things. When you're at the very top of Freedom Tower, they have an observation deck. When you look down, you don't see all the problems the way you did on the street. The people are small down there. The giants that were so big, they're much smaller uh, when you're up top in the tower. And God wants us to have a change of perspective. In Romans 12, verse number 2, the Bible says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, the thing is, i got to be careful. <laughs> God doesn't see things the way you see things. So much of our issue in life, when we look at our finances, when we look at our relationship with our parents, and those, uh, we look at our relationship with people that we care about, and the, the stresses that we have, and the drama that's going on, a lot of times we just need to look at it the way God is looking at it. He says, don't let the world conform you. Don't look at it the way the world looks at it. Christians look at it from the high tower. 
They're, they're, they're spending time with their God and in his word, and they see things differently. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. In my thoughts, your thoughts. And a lot of our problem is that we're so stuck in our thoughts down there. And we've got to get away from our thoughts. And we've got to run up here to the high tower and understand God's thoughts. Listen, God's perspective is different than yours. He views things from the top. His timeline is different. A lot of times we pray and we say, God, I need you to do this thing by this date. Because you know if it doesn't happen by that date, this is what's going to happen. This and this and this. And we start listing all the things that are going to go wrong. And you know what? God's timeline is different. Because he's got a different perspective than we do. God's values are different. Giants up here are small. They don't look the same as they do down there. Jesus uh, in Revelation 1.8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The truth is that God up here, He sees the beginning and He sees the end. And it can't be seen down there. It cannot be seen down there. We've got to have a place uh, that we can find God's perspective. And I'm going to come back down. Y'all are waiting for some fall noise. I know it. When we come up in the high tower, we get a whole different perspective. Down here, you'll all look different. You're not. I I like that you guys sit on front because you're so nice to me. Uh, It's wonderful. Listen, when you're up there, if you've ever been up on stage, you, know, you put yourself in the shoes of the, the, new, the worship team up here. You know, they're learning something that's new. It is different when you're up here than when you're sitting down there. When you're up here and somebody sticks a microphone in your hand or you get up high somewhere, it's just different. It's a different view. And we need a different view, don't we, of our circumstances. Listen, not only in the high tower do you gain a different perspective, but you find a place of safety. A place of safety. So we're, we were already in Psalm 18. If you flip over to Proverbs 18, there's another verse that talks about God as our tower. Our tower. Proverbs 18 in verse number 10. The Bible says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Where do you Run when you're faced with difficulty. See, we, we, uh, we're humans and we tend to run. Some of us, we run to uh, the snack cabinet, right? We, we run to the snack cabinet and we think, oh, I just, if I could just feel better for a little bit. Or we run to the coffee shop or we run to go shopping. I'll keep going, so I name yours. Let's keep going here. Uh, listen, we run to other things to, to bring us that sense of safety and peace. Sometimes we run to other people, but what I want you to understand is you've got to not see things from other people's perspective. They're just human too. They can't see it the way it needs to be seen. You've got to get to the high tower and see it the way God sees it. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. 
Psalm 9, verse number 9, talks about this high tower. It says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. It's funny, this word refuge, it, it is the Hebrew word that means a high place. See, we think of refuge, it's somewhere to go to be safe in the midst of trouble. God has a place for you that you can go to be safe in the middle of your trouble. When you feel so exposed, like the enemy is just coming at you mentally, physically, financially, relationally, there is a place of refuge. That word, that word refuge in Psalm 9, it, it means height, altitude, being inaccessible to an enemy, a place of secure retreat. It, it means a place of security and refuge, a place of safety. When you are where God wants you to be, when you are with him, you're safe. Listen, when you are with God, you know he supplies all your need. He supplies all your need. Hey, if you feel, I just can't, I just can't make ends meet, I just can't make it happen, do you know God, in Philippians chapter 4, says this, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, uh, what would it be like for you when you face your difficulty to have complete peace of mind? Think about that. Complete. Like you can honestly take a deep breath in. <sighs> going to be okay. I'm okay. Wouldn't that be nice? Complete peace of mind. That is exactly what God wants you to have, is complete peace of mind. In Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6, this is not just simply a verse to make you feel better. It is a verse to make you better, okay? It is a verse to give you peace of mind. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. That just simply means don't be anxious for anything. Don't be nervous, worried, upset, overwhelmed about anything. Well, what's the solution? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, God wants you to have perfect peace. In the same way that David could stand before Goliath with a confidence, you can stand in front of your problems with a confidence and a peace. And the way you do that is simply by faith. You run up to that tower by faith. You run up to that high tower. In that high tower, God says, I'll, I'll supply all your needs. In the high tower, he says, pray to me. Give me, tell me what's going on in your life. And it's not just a matter of just telling him and then taking our problem back with us, okay? Um, it's about casting those cares on him. It's, it's an act of faith to say, God, I'm trusting you with this. Uh, I was reading uh, uh, just an illustration this week, a totally other topic, but it made me think. Uh, and the idea was that each one of us has problems, and those problems are like monkeys, Okay? Uh, monkeys. You ever watch those videos, those funny videos online where those monkeys attack all the tourists? I think that's hilarious. And they throw stuff at them and all that. Just imagine you had one of those big, you know, tricky monkeys on your shoulder, this, this big hairy beast, and it's on your shoulder, and, and you've got this problem, and you've got a monkey on your back, and you, when you're in life, it's like, there's monkeys everywhere, and they just aren't going away, and you want to take them 
to God. But what we tend to do is we come to God and you say, God, I have this problem. God, you know how bad it is. God, look at this problem. Look at it. Here it is. Look at it. I'm showing you my problem, God. And then we take all of our monkeys and we just walk back home with them, right? It's like we went, we, that's not how it is supposed to work, okay? What you do is you come to God and by faith you say, God, I'm giving you this monkey and I'm not taking it back and I'm going back in peace. And that's the idea is that when we come to the Lord, we let our request be made known to him with thanksgiving. It's a request made in faith. And then he gives us his peace, which passes all understanding. And it keeps our hearts. It means it guards your heart. Some of our hearts are so exposed to just constant anxiety and stress and turmoil and overwhelmed. And it causes frustration in your family and anger and you can't do your job right. Some of us just need to get to the high tower. We just need to get there. We need to leave our difficulties with the Lord. When you're in that uh, high tower position, you find a place of safety. You are given supernatural strength. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the Bible says, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. It is God's will for you to be strong in the middle of your weakness, in the middle of your problem. Not when your problem is gone. God wants you to have confidence and peace while it is still happening in your life. He wants you to be able to have peace and this surety about yourself. Because he says this, when you are weak and you come to him, that he has this thing called grace. This grace, it's a supernatural strength. And he says, my supernatural strength is sufficient. That word means enough. It's enough. It, it gives you a full tank, right? It gets, you, it gets you everywhere you need to go. It is a grace that is sufficient because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. When you are weak, that is when God's strength is at its strongest. Does that make sense? And we find that strength up in the high tower. God wants you to come to him in the high tower. You can be safe and strong and have a sense of peace. And then thirdly, what happens up there in that tower is that you can return to a position of hope. A position of hope. So many of us have hit a wall and have lived down here and have been under the fog for so long that we have no hope. We think it's not going to get better. Can't get better. This is it. It's all downhill from here. I want to tell you that up there, when you see things from his perspective, there is no more room for hopelessness and despair. There is no room in that high tower for that. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, how, how many of you, all right, let me ask you this question. How many of you men, how many of your wives put verses around your house and like put these little things everywhere? Any of you like that? All right, my, my wife likes to do that. Uh, so we put verses uh, around our house or like maybe anybody, a sticky note person, you just remind yourself with post-it notes everywhere, you know. Uh, 
so we, we do this. We, we put messages on our walls, and we put post-it notes on our computer monitors, and uh, we put these things here so we'll remember, right? We'll think about it. Now, I, I like to visualize this because this strong tower, this refuge, this high tower of Jesus, it's not a physical location. It's a spiritual position, it's, it's, uh, it, it could, you could go there in a physical position if you had a room you get away in, but it's not physical, it's spiritual. But I like to imagine that up there in the high tower, there's verses on the walls. And if there were ever to be some verses on the walls, it's the ones I'm going to close this message out with. I want you to turn your Bible to Romans chapter 8. You're probably already there, and I'm the one that you're waiting on, so let me get there. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God wants you to have a confidence that all things work together for good. But when you're down here, you get this all, you see all the problems and all the things are so big and he wants you to get up there so you can look down from his perspective and, and with his perspective, he sees the beginning and the end and he may be working things out in a different way than we would ever want them to work out. The Bible says we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Verse number 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among the many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And I want to make the point, the fact is, some of us think, and we really truly believe this, or at least we act like we do, is that it's us all by ourselves against our problems. It's us against the giants. It's us against the stress. It's us against the circumstances. And that God is against us too because we're imperfect humans and we sin. But the truth is that God is for you. God is on your side in the difficulty and you would only see that if you would get away from down here and spend some time up there. All things work together for good. If God can be for, if God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. What is Jesus doing right now? He is in heaven praying for you. God is on your side. Do you realize that? You would know that if you got his point of view, his perspective. I want you to look uh, in verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Any of these circumstances going to keep us 
keep God from us, keep us from his love, him being for us. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I began the message by saying that Christians should deal with circumstances different than the rest of the world. And the reason for that is, is that you are different than the rest of the world. You have God as your father. He has a high tower you can go to. He gives you his perspective and he's on your side. And the Bible says you are more than conquerors. You may have thought that you can't get over your difficulty. You may have thought that you failed and failed and failed and there will never be a success. You will never be able to overcome. But the Bible says we are more than conquerors. And the the good thing is this. We don't measure up in our own ability. We don't. We keep falling on our faces. And we're down here in despair and hopelessness. But the Bible says we're more than conquerors. Not because we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, right? Where we can muscle through it. No. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It is God who wants to fight on your behalf. It is God that gives you the strength. It is God that makes you a conqueror. And I want to close with one verse, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. I don't know what you're dealing with today. But I know that to you, it's real and it's big. I know what it's like to be down here. We live a lot down here. We have this down here perspective and our giants are huge. And like all, the other Isra- all those other Israelites, they were looking at this one Philistine giant saying, he is too big for us. We can't do this. There's no hope. I want to tell you what. Some of you today, you're not facing simple financial difficulty. I don't want to downplay that. You're not facing relationship difficulty. You're facing things that may not get better in this world. You know, yesterday we had a couple funerals here. And I will tell you, um, just being honest with you, when I go to funerals, they mess with my mind. <laughs> they mess with my brain. They make me think about life and death. And, and I, I believe that's what God wants uh, out of a funeral for us. I know there's a verse uh, that says it's better for us to go into a house of mourning than into a house of feasting, meaning go, go to the funeral uh, rather than go to the party because it, you'll, you'll gain some wisdom from that. You'll lay it uh, to your account, your life. You'll think about it. And when I think about all of the difficulties we, we have, I want to tell you, even if you're facing the threat of death, there's hope. Listen, it, even in the face, if there's no solution for your problem on earth, 1 Corinthians 15.55 says this, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you what, that we all need to make a trip up there. Because it's up there we're going to get a new perspective. We're going to find a place of safety. We're going to find that there is hope again. But the thing is, what makes us different from the world is that it's not that we're got 100% stock that everything is going to get better in this world. If, if all we think that there is is 
that this world is going to be it and this world is going to bring us ultimate satisfaction, we're wasting our time here. Jesus didn't just die to make your life better on this world, to give you financial peace in this world, to give you health in this world. He died to conquer sin and he rose again from the grave to give you perfect peace forever in heaven. Listen, no matter if your, uh, if your problem ends with death here in this world, there is hope. And we can look forward to that hope. It's all uphill from here. It's all uphill from here. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us.